Hello and welcome back to Koala Moon, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. Today's list of new subscribers is another whopper. I just can't get over it. Having you all join the Coco Club is so very special. With all your support, we really are over the moon. So thank you today, Zanna, Alice and Melody, Sally, JD, Iolo, Bronwyn and Arianwen, Miles, Emma and Tavia, and finally to Anastasia. Oh, in fact, happy birthday to you, Anastasia, for just like the boy in tonight's story, it's going to be your special day tomorrow. Coco and I hope you have a wonderful time celebrating. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month, and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Poor Tommy in our story tonight is not having a great time, unfortunately. Well, not yet. Things might change. He's a bit down because he's stuck in bed on his birthday. Luckily, before he starts feeling too sorry for himself, his uncle brings him a special birthday gift. Two stinky old trainers from an antique shop. However, he tells Tommy they're actually magic shoes. Let's see if he's right. Since we're thinking about shoes and feet, let's start our bedtime relaxation there. Lie back in bed and wriggle your toes. Spread them out. Bunch them up. Curl them over. Make them really move. That's it. Point and flex your feet too. And maybe circle them around. Oh, and then circle them the other way too. I bet they're feeling a bit weary now. So let them come to stillness. And let them relax any way they want to. Oh, and breathe out. Breathe in slowly and then out again. Hopefully your feet now feel all tingly and relaxed and very happy and your mind feels calm and still too. It's now time for me to begin Tommy's Magic Shoes by Jane Thomas. Tommy was busy feeling very sorry for himself. Well, you would probably be feeling very sorry for yourself too if you were stuck at home in bed with chicken pox. And you would be feeling extra sorry for yourself if you were stuck at home in bed with chicken pox and it was your birthday. The one day of the year when it's all about you and none of your friends are allowed to come near. This was the last day Tommy had to stay in his room. Tomorrow he'd be able to go outside again. But tomorrow was a Monday, which meant he would just go back to school. What was the point, he thought to himself, of having his birthday on a weekend if he wasn't able to have a party or do anything? It would be years until his birthday fell on a weekend again, a mini forever until he didn't have a school day for a birthday. His mother had slipped a birthday cake around the door for him. Eight candles lit and dancing in the breeze from the open window, waiting for him to blow them out. 
They had all stood outside his door, his mother, his older brother, and his little sister, singing happy birthday as loudly as they could, with Henry the dog barking and howling along with them. Tommy couldn't decide who he missed the most. He missed playing football with his brother. He missed helping his sister set up everything for her teddy bear tea parties. And he missed throwing the ball for Henry and being licked all over and snuggled and snuffled by the big goofy dog. After Tommy had blown the candles out, his mother reached around the door to collect the cake and cut him a big, thick slice. It was two layers of chocolate sponge with lots of cream in the middle, and on the top were freshly sliced strawberries. About halfway through the slice, his face and hands getting quite covered in chocolate and cream, his mother tapped on the door. I have a real treat for you, Tommy, she said. Tommy shut his eyes and hoped with all his might that maybe she had counted the number of days wrong and actually he was allowed out of the room today after all. He crossed his fingers behind his back for good measure. That always helped bring some extra luck. Your Uncle Fred's coming to visit, his mother said. And he says, she went on, that he's got a very special present for you. Tommy didn't say anything. He looked at the closed door and rolled his eyes. Don't roll your eyes like that, his mother said. How did she know he was rolling them? How did she always know? He's come a long way to see you, and I'm sure it'll be an excellent present this time. I'm sure of it. I feel it in my bones. Tommy wasn't sure how to reply. So instead, he climbed back into bed and pulled the blankets right up to his chin. He stared at the ceiling and thought of the various presents Uncle Fred had given him over the years. The thick, woolly gloves, with the left one missing three of the fingers. The kit to make a model aeroplane, only when he'd got to adding the wings, he realised they weren't there. The magician's kit, that had only half a pack of cards and the bottom third of the Ten Top Tricks booklet had been cut off so he could start a lot of tricks, but not finish them. Uncle Fred always found presents in junk stores. Tommy knew that junk stores were really treasure troves, and if you looked hard enough, you could find some amazing things in them. But Uncle Fred seemed to have a knack for finding everything that was absolutely useless. There was one good thing about his uncle, though, and that was listening to his stories. He had spent years travelling all around the world. Because of him, Tommy had learned about some amazing places, and he couldn't wait to visit them himself one day. He would definitely go to the festival in Spain, where people wore white shirts and threw tomatoes at each other. That sounded like a lot of fun. And there was a festival in Thailand where people threw water at each other for an entire day. Uncle Fred had also been to a festival in India where people threw every colour of powdered paint at each other until they were covered from head to toe in a swirling, whirling rainbow. Come to think of it, Uncle Fred seemed to go to a lot of festivals that involved people throwing things at one another.
Tommy had seen photographs of the Amazonian jungle, of an endless sea of green, the trees wrapped with vines and bright blue and red parrots flying high in the branches. He had seen pictures of the sands of the Sahara Desert, golden and red peaks glowing in the evening sun. Uncle Fred had shared paintings he had brought back from Australia, patterns of coloured dots showing kangaroos leaping in among great curving sweeps of green and yellow. He had been sent postcards showing the Great Barrier Reef with fish and coral that seemed to exist in colours he had never seen before. And others from the highlands of Scotland with ancient castles that had stood for a thousand years or more. Tommy longed to visit a real castle one day. Of all the things he wanted to see in the world, a castle was at the very top of the list. He didn't really mind which castle, as long as it was a real one, an old one, and he could imagine men clunking along the stone corridors in suits of armour and women in wide skirts and pointed hats. He hoped that one day, when he was old enough, his Uncle Fred would take him to Europe and together they could tour for weeks on end, castle after castle, imagining the lives that were lived all those centuries ago. He was just beginning to forget that he had chickenpox and that he was stuck in bed all alone on his birthday when he heard another knock at his door. Tommy, his mother said, are you awake? All things considered, Tommy decided, a visit from his uncle, even if he was carrying another useless present, was better than no visit at all. So he called back and said, yes, he was awake. The door opened wide and in strode his Uncle Fred, a long purple coat flapping around him as if he were part magician. You can't come in, said Tommy, waving his arms to show the spots. Look, I have chicken pox. Uncle Fred, get back. His uncle laughed and kept on coming. He's already had chicken pox his mother called from behind the door, closing it gently as Uncle Fred sat down on the edge of the bed. The purple coat fell in soft, velvet folds across the blanket. Uncle Fred grinned at Tommy and handed him an elaborately wrapped present with complicated bow piled next to complicated bow. Tommy shook it carefully and heard something bang around inside the box. What is it? he asked. Don't you think you should just open it and find out? As Tommy started to unwrap the yards of blue ribbon, his uncle told him about his latest trip. He had been visiting Argentina, living in Buenos Aires for months and learning how to tango. He stood in the centre of the room, and swept around, an imaginary woman held in his arms, dipping and turning, sliding and whirling to the unheard music. He told Tommy all about San Telmo, the oldest part of the city where he had found a small apartment that looked out onto a square. 
Every Sunday, he said, there was an antiques market in the square, with people coming from far and wide to share their treasures. He had spent hours rubbing lamps in the hopes genies would emerge and peering into windows to see if magic talking faces would suddenly appear. But, he said, he had triumphed in the end. A stallholder, a tiny old woman with a dark red shawl wrapped around her shoulders, had convinced him that what Tommy had there in the box was the most amazing gift of all. And in that moment, Tommy finally unwound the final ribbon and the paper fell away to show a simple cardboard box. He closed his eyes and silently wished with everything he had that this would be the one time Uncle Fred had managed to find the perfect present. Opening his eyes, he reached into the box and pulled out a plain blue shoe. The box still had some weight to it, so he reached in again and pulled out a second plain blue shoe. Tommy looked for the problem. There was a left shoe, and there was a right shoe, and they both matched. That was a good start. They had clearly been worn before, and whoever had sold them hadn't bothered to do a very good job of cleaning them, and, leaning in closer, Tommy took a tentative sniff and realised that the seller had done a terrible job of getting rid of the smell inside. He pulled back and coughed. Oh, sorry about that, said Uncle Fred. Bit of a whiff, isn't there, but it's worth it. They're magic shoes. Tommy raised an eyebrow. He had spent an entire summer learning how to raise a single eyebrow and it had been absolutely worth it for moments like this. An awful lot can be conveyed when you raise just the one eyebrow, he had found. No, okay, you think I'm nuts, said Uncle Fred. That's fine, but I'm telling you, these are magic shoes. The lady promised me, and I would have checked for it myself, only they didn't fit my feet. Not even close. I thought they'd be perfect for you. Try them on, won't you? Tommy wasn't quite sure he wanted to put his feet into something so smelly, but he climbed out of bed and went over to the dresser to grab some socks. For good measure, he pulled on a second pair, hoping his uncle wouldn't notice. The shoes fit perfectly. Tommy bounced on his toes a little taking exaggerated steps this way and that to see if his feet felt good in them. They were, without a doubt, the most comfortable shoes he had ever worn. Come on, let's test them properly. Into the garden we go, said Uncle Fred, jumping up and striding across to the window, purple coat floating behind him. And before you say we can't, he said, it's perfectly safe. I've put a ladder by the window for you to climb down, so you don't need to walk through the house. And your brother and sister are staying safely indoors. You need some fresh air. Besides, it's your birthday. Let's go. He opened the window and pointed down towards the ground. Tommy peered out, and sure enough, 
there was a ladder. Balloons had been tied to every step, and at the bottom was a huge happy birthday banner pinned in place on the grass with the help of some obliging flower pots. Tommy's uncle went first and climbed down a few steps, waiting for Tommy to swing his legs over the windowsill and follow him down. Together they descended, a step at a time. Tommy suddenly feeling a little bit silly in his favourite dinosaur pyjamas, but at the same time very happy to feel the sun on his face once more. Right, said Uncle Fred. Let's test these shoes then. All you have to do is say, I wish I could, and fill in the sentence, and the shoes will make it happen. Tommy's mind went blank. Have you ever found that? In those moments when something wonderful can happen and all you need to do is speak, you suddenly can't think of anything at all to say. He looked down at the shoes and tried to think of something really good that he could do. Nothing was coming to him. It was probably because he'd been ill, he thought to himself, and sitting around in his room all day, quite alone, had stopped his brain from working properly. He'd missed talking to people. He'd even missed talking to the birds on the way to school and asking the cows in the field how they were doing and waving at the postman as he went by on his bicycle. Then, Tommy remembered his uncle showing him the tango moves he'd learned, and he had his very first wish. I wish I could dance, he said. Nothing happened. Of course it didn't. His uncle had maybe managed to get a pair of something at last, but they couldn't possibly be magic shoes. Just because there was a left one and a right one didn't mean they would suddenly turn him into a ballerina. Give them a chance, Tommy, said his uncle. Come on, try and dance a bit. Get them started. I need some music. I can't just dance, said Tommy. So his uncle disappeared inside and came out with an old radio where he sat and twiddled the knob for a while until some music started pouring out. The music was as old as the radio itself, with rock and roll sounds suddenly crackling their way out through the ancient speaker and into the garden. Tommy felt his left shoe start to tap. He looked down and saw his right shoe twitching. He wasn't sure what to do, but he jumped up in the air and waited to see what happened when his feet hit the ground. As it was, they barely touched the ground at all. Tommy's feet flew across the garden, spinning his body round and round, making him leap across the flower beds and slide his way past the rockery. His whole body shook in perfect time to the music, and his feet danced as if they'd been dancing this way for years. He danced over the dahlias, he flashed past the fuchsias, and he tapped and pirouetted 
and moonwalked his way over the little bridge that ran over the duck pond. As the music came to an end and the presenter started talking, Tommy's feet slowed down. The shoes seemed to almost be breathing on their own, the tongues hanging out and panting, tired from all the dancing. Inside the house, his brother and sister and mother watched through the window and clapped and cheered. Tommy hadn't known they were there, and he turned to wave at them, a huge smile stretched across his face. What's next? asked his uncle, his face glowing with excitement. I knew they'd work. I just knew it, he said. They're amazing, said Tommy. The best and most brilliant, incredible, fantastic, wonderful, awesome shoes of all time, forever and ever and ever. And ever. I'm going to try soccer next. Uncle Fred dashed over to the shed and rummaged around, emerging a few moments later carrying a soccer ball. I wish, said Tommy, leaving a dramatic pause for a proper build-up to his big moment. I wish I could play soccer better than Ronaldo and Messi and Beckham all rolled into one. Uncle Fred stood in the goal at the end of the garden and waved his arms around. He bounced up and down, ready to dive in any direction. Tommy took a run-up and kicked the ball, sending it flying into a perfect sweeping curve into the top corner of the net. Goal! he yelled and ran around the garden, arms outspread, leaning his head back and feeling the victory. He tried again and again, putting the ball further back and at angles that should have been impossible. But every time he kicked the ball, it found the back of the net. He tried it with his left foot, and he tried it with his right foot. He tried it with no run-up at all, and he tried it with the longest run-up he could manage in the garden. Every single time, he scored. I wish I could climb to the top of any tree, Tommy said. And suddenly, he was able to shimmy up even the tallest trees that swayed back and forth in the breeze. He said hello to the squirrels on the way up. And how do you do to the sparrows on the way down? I wish I could jump as high as the house, Tommy said. And there he was, jumping up and looking down on the rooftops and seeing all the gardens lined up in the distance. He saw Mr. and Mrs. Bell from next door, sitting in deck chairs and drinking cups of tea that they spilled the moment they saw him waving at them. He saw Mr. Dingle and his dog Baxter, and Baxter barked and barked when he saw Tommy flying high with the birds, and then barked and barked some more, because Mr. Dingle stood there open-mouthed and quite forgot to throw the ball again for Baxter. Tommy spent hours in the garden, 
dancing and kicking soccer balls and climbing trees and jumping high into the sky. And finally, just as the sun was starting to set, he had one last wish. I wish I could go back to bed, he said, and the shoes guided him over to the ladder and slowly and carefully walked him back up the rungs and led him over the windowsill and back towards the bed. His uncle followed him and took off the shoes, swinging Tommy's legs over and covering him up with a blanket. Now that wasn't such a terrible birthday, was it? said Uncle Fred. And he didn't mind at all that Tommy didn't reply. Because being tired out from all the dancing and jumping and climbing and playing, Tommy was already fast asleep. Uncle Fred picked up the shoes and put them back in the box, placing them beside the bed so that they'd be the first thing Tommy saw when he woke in the morning. He didn't want Tommy to think that perhaps it was all just a dream, because it wasn't. It had been magically, wonderfully, impossibly real. So Uncle Fred went over to the window and softly, oh so gently, drew the curtains. He tiptoed across and turned off the light, opening and closing the bedroom door as quietly and carefully as he could, so there was just one very small, almost silent click as the door shut behind him. And Tommy slept and dreamed of running faster than the wind through fields and dancing his way across the tops of oceans and climbing his way to the tops of taller and taller trees to look out at the views easing their way into the distance before him. It turns out, you see, that there is magic in the world. Just sometimes you need to wait a while for the perfect moment and for it to find its way to you.